hey, welcome to Losing the Faith. If this is your first time listening, thanks for listening. Just so you know what you're getting into for the next hour, this is a San Diego Padres baseball podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm joined by two of my best friends and two of the biggest Padre fans I know, David and Adam. Over the next hour, we're going to talk Padres baseball like Padre fans. We'll recap how the Padres performed last week. We'll look towards next week and what they have on deck. We're definitely going to do some bullshitting and make fun of each other and probably play a little trivia and have some fun. So if you want to sit around and talk Padres baseball with us, we'd love for you to join us. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Losing the Faith Podcast with Ryan, David, and Adam. All right, welcome back to Losing the Faith. Uh, We lost Ryan to uh, Montana Internet casualty. So it's going to be David and I for the night. And to recap the uh, three-game series with the Reds, we took two of three which I thought was was pretty good considering that the loss, it was 2-1. We didn't score a lot of runs, but we were hitting the ball really hard. Yeah, we were. So, yeah, uh, yeah. ideally we, we keep this momentum rolling into this Dodgers series, but so far that's that's a series against the Giants and a series against the, the Reds where it seems like the offense is, is finally starting to click. What do you think? Yeah. No, it, it totally does. Yeah, the – Two out of two. I mean, a full nice little mini series sweep against San Francisco and Mexico City. So we're talking four out of the last five. I'll take that. Yeah. And this is it. And what was the uh, like, what were some of the exit velo and some of the the balls hit in the last few games? I know you just pulled that up because I was asking you about oh, it. Oh, yeah. 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 We were, you know, um, Adam and I were curious on Padres being almost unlucky in the red series. That that sure took two out of three, but there there were some balls absolutely torched that turned into nothing throughout the series, um, and uh, the numbers that came in is in the first game of the Red series there were eight balls hit by Padres hitters over a hundred miles an hour. So no matter what your launch angle is, that ball is torched. Game two you got seven of them. Game three five. And and that's the fun part is Padres scored seven, you know, seven runs in game three. And that's the fewest balls that they, quote unquote, torched. Yeah, we, and we scored one run in game two, but had seven balls hit that were over 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So, so this this got me thinking, like, if, if we're talking analytically and strategically, like you're a manager, uh, do you... Do you stick with the mindset of the new thing is just hit the ball as hard as you can? Or do you need to be the manager who's like squibbing and and hit trying to hit them where they ain't, so to speak? If, if you were a manager, what would your mindset be? Um, if I was a manager, I don't think I would change a single thing, whatever he's telling them to do now. Yeah. Right. I mean, if things are starting to gel, you just stick with that. And Ryan's not here to be Debbie Downer and give us his depressing take about why he's not buying into the the offensive breakout. Or I guess he wouldn't even call it a breakout. I don't know what he would say, but no, um, absolutely not. You know, it was kind of a home a home run derby in Mexico City, and 
we carried over with a similar production and offense, but it wasn't all home runs, right? So there was a mm-hmm. lot of extra base hits uh, and doubles, hard hard hits down the line and in the gaps, yep. which was great because the, the bigger fear is that they came home from Mexico City and just are popping out every time because they're, you know, trying to do what they were doing yes. there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think overall we have everything we need right now going into what you know is going to be a challenging Dodgers series because it looks like they're yep. starting to catch their rhythm too. So, yeah. And, and Dodgers history with San Diego Padres is not good. I can get it out of the way. Yeah. Get Adam, Adam, do you, do you want to take a guess? This could be our casual trivia question. Number All one. right. Hit me. Uh, last season that the Padres had a winning record in the regular season against the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. 2004. Okay, good. You even <laughs> you you were on brand. Correct answer is 2010. Okay, like so, so long ago. <clears throat> okay, yeah. Um, yeah, ten and eight in 2010. You got two other times, I believe this this century. 2007, they were ten and eight. 2006, they were thirteen and five. Every other season, the Padres just get whooped. What do you think in the regular season? What do you think we have to do? Uh, for this upcoming series, like, what do we have to do that we're currently not doing? I mean, I don't want to throw you like a, a, a yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think I get what you're saying. Um, I, I think I'm a little less worried about pitching because our we have we have starters who are back, and we have Martinez and Lugo and Darvish who at home all have an ERA of three or, or lower. So those guys don't worry me. It's just like the super inconsistent freakiness of our offense, uh, that there's the all or nothing approach that some games, it's not like they even seem flat, uh, cause they always seem flat, but, uh, you know, some games they're scoring 10 runs and they're contagious with their hitting and other games. They just seem, um, going through the motions more. So, well, did you do you think that in the last five games we faced an ace? Would you consider any of those starters? Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I'd say throughout the season, the Padres hitters have absolutely been challenged right off right off the bat. That um, in terms of what strength of gosh. schedule. Uh, yeah, the pitchers who you're, you know, you got Marquez and Freeland, um, Urena. You, you got challenging guys who are on the bump right off the season, even from the Rockies. And I don't know, I Max Scherzer, you're facing, you're facing aces and teams who are winners right off the bat. So. Yeah, so I asked if you thought we faced one over the last five games because maybe it's like mental gymnastics where the team knows they're not facing they they you know how it is like you yeah, know you go to, to the occasion yeah you go up to a at a bat knowing that someone is hittable you're more likely to have that mindset and I and I'm asking him leading up to this because we have Kershaw game one and he's been serving 
Um, he's been absolutely just starting off hot. I think he's, what is he, five and one or something already? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Five and one, one, eight, nine ERA. Yeah. So he's, he's absolutely dealing. Um, and I, I do think a part of that is an ace like Kershaw always gets the benefit of the doubt with the strike zone. Uh, the Padres are definitely going to be challenged with that. I think Soto in particular, who, who has actually been doing a great job, like of looking like Soto. He's, he's still getting all the walks, but in between those walks, he's hitting and he's, he's, he's starting to like mash the ball. He's starting to have, he's, he's squaring it up and he's starting to hit in, in spots where it matters. Um, it was a little frustrating. Um, I think it was game two of that red series. Wasn't protecting the plate there. Um, when mm-hmm. he could have, when he mm-hmm. could have scored some runs, hit some, some runners in scoring position, but, um, that's just, that was also just a really good pitch, uh, in that game. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. great to have him back. Uh, and I think that he probably wound up being the difference maker in the Dodgers series. Oh, is that is that where your head's at? Yeah, because he's. I mean, he started mashing. We started winning. I don't. I don't. I don't know what else to say. But the fact that if he's not swinging, he can still get on base. Uh, and you have pitchers that you know are going to be very difficult to hit. Um, yeah. You know, we don't. We still don't really know what we're getting from Tatis. We, we're getting explosive plays, but we don't. Yeah. We don't know like what level of consistency we're getting at the plate. You know, it feels to me like he's absolutely trying to hit a 500 foot home run every time he swings. It does feel like that more this year. Yeah. You got something to prove almost like, dude, I mean, that could just be his normal swing, but it still looks like he's trying to mash at 500 feet. The the other, the other thing is that if it's in on his hands, he wants you to know that he's a better flopper than Vladdy Divac. Oh no, you did not! Wow, we went below LeBron, far LeBron. Oh yeah, it's kind of wild though. It's so dramatic. There's such a dramatic flair when he like throws the bat backwards and does half a break dance and flips his hair. I kind of love it. I kind of love it because because you know it's just getting all the other fans riled up. Like, oh, screw yes. Tatis, this guy's such a diva. I love it. <laughs> Oh, so annoying. Uh, but yeah, he's on my team. So yay, yay for me. Yeah, so you got to um, learn to love it because you know the other yeah, fans he, hate he, it. He's my favorite. Dude, <laughs> he really hasn't hit He hasn't hit many balls the other way this season. So you are right. This is kind of fun to see. He he's, I'd say he's a slight pull hitter, but 2021, he was all over the place. Uh, and he has one home run. Which was a pop fly in Mexico. <laughs> very far. Um, he's got a dinker dandy down the line and a single to right center. That's it. So, yeah. He's, well, uh, what would Ryan say? Right. Since Ryan's not here, I'll go ahead and fill in Ryan's part. Uh, well, you know, Tatis is—he's the heart of this team, and he's doing great. Okay, he's doing absolutely great. He's hitting all the spots that he needs to hit, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's going to hate that I did that. Um, oh, it's beautiful. All right, so Soto, I think, is be a difference maker in the next series. Um, it's going to be a battle. Uh, I'm really curious to see where we stand 
uh, with all this. I think if we can get to Kershaw early, it'd be great. Yeah. Uh, but Kershaw is definitely one of those pitchers that even if you get to him early, he can just like recollect himself and then throw another five straight shutout innings after getting banged up. God. So, um, yeah, you have to stay on him, right? And the more that we can get runners on base each inning, hopefully early, you know, the the better odds we have. So, yeah, I'm, I think I'm curious right now against Padres hitters, who who do you think has faced him the most? I don't I don't have the answer yet, but Kershaw versus any any Padre right now, um. Because uh, it would be Will Myers, I believe, but that's uh, well, it have to be right. Year. I mean, who's the next most tenured Padres player? Hmm. The team doesn't have a lot of guys that have been around a long time. Mm-mm. Machado, I guess. Who's been around? Yeah, I bet it is. Uh, your answer. Is Machado, 32. Carpenter, 31 plate appearances. Okay. Um, all of them actually are doing okay against Kershaw, too. Machado's got two homers hitting 250, which I would say, you know, you can't be um, expecting too high of an average off Kershaw, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're at league average, you're, you're stoked. Yep. But yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm as worried about the Dodgers series as I have been in in past years. Why is that? It, I I still have the juice of we. The last time we faced them, we just steamrolled them um, in the playoffs. Yeah, and that team so that team is like full tilt swag level a thousand. And uh, yeah. I kind of like that we're coming into this series with a little bit of that flavor because Correct. all year it's been missing, and so I I. I said it earlier, but I really think that we have the correct amount of momentum coming into this thing. Not like not too high, but not too low teams starting to break out. And it's just perfect timing to have your division rival. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I think timing is perfect. Um, and, and I'm wondering what you think of this because we got Kershaw, but I have, I have some stats that, that make me very interested. We have, as a pitching staff right now, um, lefties are hitting 266 off of us. So that's that's pretty bad. That's 23rd in the bigs. Righties are hitting 236 off of uh, our pitching. So that's 8th best in the bigs. But we're striking out the second most lefties. And we're striking out the second fewest amount of righty hitters. So is our pitching staff controlled, but getting absolutely diced up by lefties sometimes? Mm, I don't know. I think I, uh, I feel like I'm. I started getting lost in the sauce when you started throwing those things at me. Um, you know what? It was mess. It was messy, and Ryan, maybe, Ryan can cut it. But look, if I had to take a stab at answering that somehow, maybe I would say um, lefty on lefty matchup is favoring some of our weaker pitching right now. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, You know, Snell has not been as good as he can be. And he's, 
you know, he's definitely capable of striking out left-handed hitters. So if that number is higher, but when he's missing his spots, you know, he's getting, he's getting hit hard. So maybe that's higher strikeouts to the lefties, but their average is higher. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. I feel like that was a semi-reasonable response. No, I think that is, <laughs> I think that is. Who's our, I mean, who are our other, our lefty arms? Uh, it's the world of Tim Hill. So, right, Tim Hill? Well, start. we don't have any other starters. Is... Oh, starters. No, I mean, I know who you would love to be in that starting rotation. You've loved him for decades. Decades. Who's your... Ken Griffey Jr.? Probably. Who's... No. He's probably your favorite lefty pitcher on the Padres. He's not on the active roster. Oh, well, yeah, if I've loved him for decades and he can't be just, just feed it to me. I don't, I don't know if this is going to be accurate or not. Who do I love? Who have I always loved? Mm. Let's see. I wonder if he's on here. He's probably a reliever now. Hmm. You have no idea who I'm talking about. Zero. Guess what? I can't even remember his name. <laughs> and uh, tune in next week for another five minutes of wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we're cutting this. Uh, no, no, dude, who's the it's, lefty? It's going unedited. There it is. No, of course not. Your screen is tiny. I can't even read it. Clayton. No, it's not Clayton Richard. It's... Oh my God! It's got to be later seasons, like here. Oh my God! It's not sixteen season. Drew Pomeranz. Oh yeah, I do. I do love Pomeranz. What do you mean he's not on the active roster? Um, oh, he is, huh? Yeah, he should, I mean, I think he's due back anytime now. He just cut out. He just went digital. Oh, that's good. Love it. Okay, yeah, here's our Kershaw battles to help your eyeballs. I mean, this is good to see, though. Like, that Cronenworth is your lefty. And he's only struck out three times in 15 at-bats. So at least I'm like not worried about him getting diced by Kershaw all three at-bats. Yeah. He's got a homer off him. Tatis has two. Man. This is kind of a updated roster. Uh, Dodgers haven't seen it yet. I'm kind of hoping that Carpenter and, and Cruz kind of do some damage here. Fresh blood, mix it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we feel about our our catching prospects going into the series? Oh goodness gracious! Okay, I have I have a argument. I have an argument. <laughs> Austin Nola is not that bad. Okay, defensively. I mean, defensively. I, if Ryan were here, he would he would absolutely not like that. But I I want to yeah. I want to hear. He, I mean, he hit a he hit a bomb. 
and yeah yeah that's he's he's off he has such a weak bat dude he's swinging a piece of spaghetti up there it's awful but i'm talking about his defense okay he's i i think i ripped on him because he's thrown out one batter in like 19 have stolen bases against him i believe but he's uh fifth in the bigs right now and he was a couple of years ago with blocks yeah so I, I never really i never really think about that but the uh the amount of balls he's saving from being advanced bases for base runners is is huge yeah but i feel like that's i feel like that stat would be better if it was the percent blocked as opposed to just the total number blocked because he oh it's the sa- it's the same thing actually oh is it because he yeah. has a i mean the Padres pitching staff has a ton of guys who like to spike the ball on hard sliders, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, his, yeah, his percentage was the same too, but, but Austin Nola, he can't, I mean, he can't frame a ball to save his life. He looks like an infielder with the way that his, if you watch his glove, how it reacts to impact, but his pop time is 1.98. You know, you're under two seconds for a throw down to second base. That's middle of the pack. So I think I just want to slightly retreat on ripping Austin Nola to shreds. He just needs to hit. The guy's got to hit. I, I mean, even I think even him is. Yeah, I think even Austin was starting to hit in the last few games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he squared the ball up as well. I mean, it was top to bottom. The whole lineup was hitting. There there wasn't any any hole really in the last five games. I know that Brett Sullivan um, had a great game. What was it last night? Yeah. Yeah. yeah huge so night last maybe night. that's, maybe that actually opens up some possibilities there. Um, he scored, was it four, four RBIs had hit a home run. Yeah. Um, having a catcher that, you know, can hit is great, but I'm not going to say that that's what we have in Brett Sullivan. Cause I have no idea. Um, I don't know anything about the guy, uh, but that's encouraging that you're getting more than one extra base hit in a single game. There's obviously something there. Correct. Correct. There's something there. And this is a journeyman. It's a 29 year old who'd been in the minors for a long time, decade, you know, nearing on a decade. And uh, I think it was huge for him to get that home run and celebratory, but he's kind of, playing like he wants to stay here so um, with Campusano sideline still too so what does that mean right if you're a minor league journeyman are is it realistic to expect any sort of meaningful contribution from him or are we supposed to temper our expectations based on his stats from the minors I mean, I think you can always do that, but it's player dependent too. And yeah, we'll call those uh, 4A guys, the guys who mash in AAA and they get called up to the bigs and they can't hit to save their lives. You send them back down to AAA, they start raking again. Those are four A's. So is that the case with him? I don't don't know what his AAA stats are. It could have been. Yeah, it could have been, but no, this was actually his first cup of tea, I believe. 
Um, so, you, you know, it took him a while to get his first hit, but big deal for a California native. I'd say he's got, you know, one double, one homer, decent glove behind the dish. Let's keep it going. So we, you think the Padres just hold three catchers for the foreseeable future? That's a, that's a very good question. I mean, we we do have a 26-man roster instead of 25, so there's flexibility somewhere. Flexibility in what? Like Campusana could be a DH? I don't No, it's more – I would say it's more like um, you, might, you typically would hold on to – the pitcher with your, with your last slot that you have. Yeah. But if you have that extra slot there too, you're 13 on offense, 13 on the mound. If you, if you want to. Well, Nola could play outfield. Um, if he had to, I'm not, I'm not sure how many games he played there last year, but he definitely is uh, somebody that could play more than, more than just catcher. I'm not sure about Campusano. I can't see him playing anywhere else, but catcher. No, and yeah, I can't see it with Sullivan either. But at the same time, those are, I think a platoon is allowed to happen for a while, at least. If if we have a bullpen that's healthy, Nick Martinez can throw a few innings a game. This is totally doable for now. I'll argue. All right, let's, yeah. uh, let's. I have a question for you and I'm not going to be able to back up uh, this response. So don't ask me for my opinion on it, but who is, uh, who's the biggest surprise for you so far in the bigs? What, what team? Oh, it's the pirates. Oh my gosh. I just, I keep following the Pittsburgh pirates who are playing out of their mind. Are they still winning? Yeah. Yeah, they're still winning. Uh, they're twenty and eleven. Last time we talked, they were sixteen and seven. So we can call that slowing down. But so you got Andrew McCutcheon back on that team. No way. As the no as way. The thir- as the thirty-six-year-old starting DH, you know he's the Daddy Nelson of the Pirates, <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of young kids. So it's it's pretty cool to see Carlos Santana. He's old too. That's rad. I was, uh, they're doing great. I, what about negatively skewed? Cause I'm looking at the white Sox and that, yeah, let's not talk about that. that uh, I was, I mean, weren't they supposed to be contenders this year? Uh huh. No, no, thanks. It makes yeah. me feel better as a Padres fan who are also consensus contenders that there is a team who is doing much, much, much worse than us. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It it doesn't it totally doesn't make sense to me either. There's it's not just injuries. There's something so missing and off. Do you think there's three guys in Chicago with an amateur podcast talking about how they could fix all the problems and how there's one guy who says it's still early and he triggers his friend who hates hearing that? Mm. You know what? I think that's possible. You got the other one arguing and saying, it's too early, dude. It's too early. You can't give up on them. Uh, Man, bunch of amateurs. You know, I, I was gonna, I was gonna roast Ryan because 
we were talking about outfielders. Adam, our starting outfielders right now, Trent Grisham proving himself, right? He's in center. You got Tatis in right. You got Soto in left. A, but who has the strongest outfield arm this season? He's on the Nationals. I'm wondering if you know who it is. I don't. Okay. I wasn't expecting you to, but it's Victor Robles. Now, what if I said the year before, strongest arm was a Braves outfielder? Pretty good. Like uh, top three in the league. Top three player? Yeah. Oh, so you're just feeding me the answer because it's Acuna? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good answer. And then um, the year before that, 2021, which former Padre had the strongest arm? We're talking highest average At, miles per Yeah, hour it has from. to be Renfro. He has, he has a hose. That's correct. Mm-hmm. It's Renfro. And he's like third or fourth this year. I love Hunter, so, man. I, I always I loved was, him. It's just going to rip on Ryan for a little. So Tatis, uh, you don't think he'll work his way up that that uh, metric? Because, I mean, he does have a hose out there. Oh, no, he does. He was up on those. He was up on those charts, too. He's actually first in baseball in 2021 um, for shortstops. It might have it might have been for all players. Actually, he threw someone out. I think it was the Giants series. Uh, he threw someone out by a flipping mile. That was trying to advance from second to third on a single. Or no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, he's he's a freak. I think you put anywhere you put him, Tatis is nuts. Um, and I had, you know, the bleacher creatures. They like to ask questions, so I got one for you, Adam, from them. What if what if Juan Soto slows down again, gets in a funk? Would you ever put Soto in the nine spot so you have Tatis after him, followed by Machada and Bogarts? Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think I would. It's disrespectful? No, not that it's disrespectful. It's just that his on-base percentage is, is too high to be giving him the fewest number of plate appearances. I think the point would be that pitchers are forced to give him something to actually hit, too. If you're in the nine spot, you can't pitch around him. What are you going to do? You're going to face Tatis, Machado, and Bogarts at the top of the lineup? I don't know. Might not work. I I just hope that his breakout is real because I felt like it wasn't going to take long for pitchers to realize that they didn't have to pitch him around him anymore because mm-hmm. he was looking so bad. Um, but all you know, all he, all he needed was to start having fun again. That whole yeah. Mexico City series, and then continuing the the hit train. You know that that's it. Just need to remember yeah. that he needed to have fun, swing the bat, not just not try to be too good. He is good. Doesn't need to try to be too good. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think I get that. So you think he's out of it? He's he's done with with the slump. I think he is. Okay. Hopefully uh that will translate into better defense as well. 
Yeah, how about base running too? How's that been going? Oh God. Yeah, last series. What was uh, that? Okay, so what was that? That was that play where Bogarts was supposed to extend his um, multiple. Well, yeah, reach base safely. Yeah, streak. reach base safely streak. It was going to be what thirty. And I was over 30. And yeah. he did not because they called it a fielder's choice. Yeah. Well, okay. So, as a base runner, it's funny because I feel like when you're a kid, it's, hey, don't like run straight ahead because you're faster with your head down. Right. Uh-huh. And then just look for your base coach or whatever it is. But, like, basically, nobody does that. And I, and I think there's a good reason why you don't. And this was almost textbook for like, great, yep. you missed the play. You looked down and then when you looked up, you thought it was caught and it actually was one hopped. And like, this is getting ridiculous. Like, come on. It's yeah. There's no heads up in his play unless he's looking at where a pitch is going to land. He's very good at that. I actually, <laughs> Adam, I, I think his swing is still broken, dude. Like I watch footage of him. I watch him live and I'm not going to critique a, you know, major league hitter, but you're going to, but it looks, but it looks like from afar that, uh, he's yanking off everything. He's pulling off everything. It's probably just the simplest way I can put it. So maybe the simplest way that you could put it is that he's yanking off. He's he's yanking. Yeah. Yeah, he's still he's still trying to pull everything. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yeah, and I don't think he might not even be trying to. He might be, um, he might be snapping his wrist too early, so he's essentially casting towards um, wherever his you know arm angle can rotate. If you if you don't throw your wrist or the knob of the bat towards the ball. Um, pretty easy to pull off something because you're kind of putting yourself on a slope. And this is independent of pitch selection. It's not just that he's not swinging at outside pitches because that one that he had uh, called strike three, I think it was to end that game. Yeah. Was low and outside. And he clearly was trying to work a walk there, you know, full count. Um, But I think I I agree. I mean, part, part of me saying he's out of a slump is, uh, Dude, I'm trying to manifest that shit. He's out of his oh, slump. No, no, so no. if I just I, say I'm he's out it. of his slump, then he'll do it. And Ryan's not here to tell me that I'm an idiot. Uh, and, it, you know, so I'm just going to go full positivity mode. Good, though. And you know what, Soto? And how dare I even critique him because Soto is hitting balls 113 miles per hour. So he's doing something obviously yeah. right. No, I, I um, get what you're saying though, because I, I think for me, it's, it's a matter of, Oh, he hasn't completely fixed it to where he was two years ago. It's that he's definitely made an, an incremental improvement to where he mm-hmm, was two correct. weeks ago. And so yeah, if he can no, just I continue totally building on that, then we'll start seeing opposite field, power down the line all that stuff that we used to get but he's just building towards yeah. that right yeah right touche. right right touche. tell me i'm right before i cry i think i'm i've worried less about strikeouts with him too maybe with him being the greatest eye of our generation i thought he would also not strike out he'd be like tony Gwynn or something but you know he 
struck out a 132 times one year, almost a hundred two other times. So I was critiquing him too on that. And maybe that's just what you do when you hit for power and you got a great eye. You, you let him strike out a little bit more. Yeah. So I'm a, aside from Soto, I, I think that uh, I'm predicting this four game set with the Dodgers. Oh, give it to me. Machado is going to hit. He's going to go on a hot streak. I think he's going to go on an absolute tear. Yeah, Manny Machado against the Dodgers. That sounds like a safe wager. I'll, I'll take that. Um, Manny Machado against the Dodgers. What do you think he's hitting in his career against his former team? 290. Oh, wow. Do you want it specific by ballpark? No. <laughs> yes. Talk dirty to me. Give it to me by ballpark. Okay, cool. Cool. Cuz it's cuz a statistician would say you you know, you can make anything look good. You can make a turd look like the greatest find in archaeology. Yeah, I I only want uh stats that are wind assisted uh where the barometric pressure is below. Yeah, You're okay, done. just give it to me. <laughs> So the best I can give you is he's got a 271 average at Petco and a 501 slugging. So he's decent against against his team, but there's nothing to take home. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. Uh, my number was very high. The Dodgers have been a very tough get for the Padres, but I'm telling you, he's going to have a good series, and we're going to keep we're going to keep it going. Okay, I, I have a strong, strong bet here, too. We got two hitters who are hitting 300 at home. That's Xander Bogarts and my pick for the series, Trent Grisham. Trent's going off. He's hitting 300 at home? 311 at home. No way, really. Uh, the worst is Hassan Kim. Cut him. Uh, so Trent Grisham's my pick. Damn, so what's he hitting on the road? Not not good. Well, yeah, obviously, because his his average is not that high. So, um, this section is sponsored by Trojan Baseball Reference. <laughs> Trojan, <laughs> Trojan. Um. Okay, splits for this season alone. Oh man. Okay. Uh, he's hitting 133 on the road. Cool, 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 cool. So play someone else on the road. Yeah. So and start Trent at home. Okay. So I sort of love that because I hate all the baseball statistic saber metric stuff. Like I, I hate it. Like, oh, we're doing this lineup against this guy and this. So, like, if you have that knowledge that this guy is so bad on the road, just don't play him. Like, if you really yeah. believe in in all the stat stuff in terms of a managerial, like, outlook, don't play that guy on the road. It's really that simple. Ah, uh, but it's – I think it's also a business that the person who you pay the most money – will play over the person who will win you the most games. 
sometimes. Well, if you're on the road, it's, it doesn't even matter. You're not filling seats. It's not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't think Trent Grisham gets benched because he hits poorly on the road. To who? You know who? Who would take his place? Yeah. Well, right now it's just Azokar. If somebody's playing center okay. field, right? Okay. What, it could be Azokar. As and that's that's where you have to say, well, is Azokar hitting better on the road? Maybe marginally. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And you know what? Azokar's fast too. I was looking that up. Um, we're talking like 30 feet per second. Azokar is booking it around the base. Yeah, no, I'm fifth in, fifth in the base. I love Azokar. I've, I've always been a pound in the drum on, on the fact that I love his speed on the bases. And, and you know what? He has shown going into last season, he can hit for average. So what's not to love? Oh, well, he has no power. Okay, well, come on. Like, that's... No, no, I get it. I get it. I just, I can't see the Padres going with Trent Grisham in a platoon role. I think they're just so in love with him. He's the starter. So I mean, I like Trent Grisham. I, I'm just making a, a point to say that all the stat heads out there should follow the... Nope. The home and away nope. splits are like a stat that's well known but nobody follows those in terms of like lineup choices, right? Yep. Very common sense. Yep. Dang. You know, uh, Tatis is fast, but a Zocar is, I think if I chose a center fielder, I would want a Zocar. What? I, Oh God, um, dude, I just, I just had a, a little nightmarish daydream of a head-on collision of a Zokar and Tatis running full oh, speed at each oh. other. Mm-hmm. And partially that's because the they're so hungry for the ball and they're probably not playing ever together. And so you have a situation where it's hitting the gap <laughs> and they're both trying to beat the guy. Oh, that's so scary. That'd be so oh, scary. Yeah, It's going to keep me up tonight. Man. Oh, well, on on that note, folks, pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Crash. No, let me let me uh, let me just ask you. No, I, I want to like we can wrap it up. We can put my dick in a box. <laughs> what? <laughs> I had I had trivia for you. And uh, we already went through every stat that I had. So I'm going to ask you, what has you losing the faith? Just like me and SNL. What has you losing the faith? Yeah. Okay, I got you. I would say uh, the main thing right now is that I would love for uh, one of the fan favorites of the the team, Hassan Kim, to step up. I, I, I feel like a World Series run for this team is fairly dependent on him doing what he was brought in to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when yep. he's going to have his breakout. I mean, he did hit a home run recently, but eh, eh. It, it was like a reaching lungy kind of like barely dropped over the fence. It just not a good at bat. Yeah, know? it was. It wasn't crushed. He wasn't looking good. And he's day. so far off. Oh, Ryan likes talking about this, but he's just so far off on anything fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. He's he's more than 100 points lower in his batting average on fastballs. Last year, he was just fine. 
you're hitting 260 on fastballs, you're you're fine. This year, you're hitting 140. So you th- on fastballs. You, you think that maybe there's a mindset situation where he feels like he has to hit home runs because that's what the team signed him to do. So he's taking a longer swing instead of a shorter, compact one that he needs to. Like he might not be yeah. a home run hitter in Major League Baseball here. He might have been in Korea, but he could still be an effective hitter here if he shortens his swing and makes contact, right? Yep. Yep. And yeah, he, he's crushing breaking balls this year. So that's an improvement from last year. But I don't know if that was his intent. I kind of like what you're saying. That that maybe maybe his spring break or excuse me, his spring training approach of going up on the ball to hit more home runs. He just makes his makes his swing slower in general. Yeah, he might have Longer. A higher statistic for the number of times his helmet has fall, fallen off than the number of hits he's actually made. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know what? I great hair. Yeah, he does. It's it's so silky. You got to figure out what a uh, shampoo and conditioner he uses. Um, but you know, I, I have faith that he'll he'll figure it out. You know, I just said I'm losing the faith in him, but nah, that's that's just our uh, our little quip here for the end of the show. I think he'll figure it out. What about you? Hmm. I am losing the faith. Wow. I, I don't have anything prepared. So off the tip of my tongue. Don't have to find one. We don't we don't have uh, to be forced pessimists. Well, it's it's was it was my favorite bullpen piece. So I, I guess I can have one. Like I thought Luis Garcia would turn it around by mm. now and he keeps getting rocked. Yeah. And that was that was like my dude last he year. He was unhittable last year. Oh my gosh. So so I'm I'm bummed about him. I'm losing faith in him. But do you think his stuff has fundamentally changed or he's just having kind of a, a rough patch and guys are not I mean, I wouldn't say getting lucky, but I don't think I'll ever understand relievers. You you got relievers who have a seven ERA one year, the next year they're at a four, the year after that they're at a 1.8, and they're an all-star for four years after that. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't get it. Some So something's off with him, obviously. I don't know if he's ran out of gas in the tank because he still throws so fast. Yeah, he's... He, um, hit, hitters have figured He still out. throws hard. Um, I watched his last last relief appearance and there's still a lot of movement on his fastball. There's still a lot of Mm -hmm. movement on all his pitches. I, the one thing I did notice is that batters are swinging early at the first pitch off of him. And, you know, maybe, maybe that came through in, in the off season scouting report is his first pitch is going to be the closest thing to down the middle you're going to get. And guys, even though there's movement are just, hopping on it they're just jumping on it you know that that definitely yeah could be the case uh he's got to figure something out because i actually i feel like he's on a short leash right now you you can't float around a seven era on a playoff contending team for for too long well no especially when you have weathers who was kind of like hey i'm doing great and then they're like oh we don't have space for you which is like come on like he had the best numbers on the team. Like, what are we doing here? So lame. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, but anyway, I'm sure he'll come back up at some point, uh, which would be great 
if uh, he continues that production. It sucks to not be rewarded for performing, um, but hey. Yeah. Like, like if you had anyone you could start right now who's not starting, do you, do you kind of have a picture of the Padres depth chart in your head? Nah. Well, I'll help you. Roster. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, while David looks that up, uh, if any of the listeners out there want to give us their opinion on uh, who they think is the biggest problem in the bullpen or needs to break out, uh, yeah, shoot us an email at losingthefaith at gmail.com. And we'll be uh, happy to happy to hear what you have to say. Okay. Your your answers have been revealed. Do you see all the red? That's really sad. Yeah. Like David Dahl is on the IL. Adam Engel on the IL. Luis Camposano. Jose Castilla, Adrian, Adrian Moran, Drew Pomerantz, Nabil Krismet, Robert Suarez were full of injuries. Seems typical. But someone who's not a starter, I'm giving you the full scope of it right now. That would be like a uh, Nelson Cruz or a Carpenter. They'd be an everyday for you. An Odor and a Zokar. What's the question here, my friend? I think I'm wondering if you could make any of these guys who I just said an everyday starter. Do you get rid of Cronenworth and put Carpenter in his spot? Do you get rid of Kim and put Odor in his spot? Do you get rid of someone else? Whose spot? Whose spot are we taking? Maybe you make... You, tip, you make Soto a DH and put a Zokar in left. Who whose spot are you you proposing we take? I don't understand the question. Oh, oh, I'm just I'm wondering if you had anyone on this team who you think is a weak link and can be replaced. Is it Hassan Kim? I th- I think Hassan Kim is the most replaceable person because Jake Cronenworth shifts over to second base and Matt Carpenter plays first. And you're not missing his offensive production, so he's he's by far the most replaceable person right now. Man, okay. At, that's a that's an everyday starter. I mean, outside of that, uh, any any of the other guys that are just kind of platoon guys, obviously, can be replaced. But um, yep, yeah. But it's a second base that we're lacking in, and I think I just wanted to look around the league like. Any of these viable? I don't know who. Yeah, Jeff McNeil, Torres with the Yankees, Cattell Marte in Arizona. Oh, remember Brandon Drury? It would have been nice to have him still. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan would have loved that one. Oh, he's playing for the Angels. Rip. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have a solution. Jeez. I don't think we need solutions right now. I think over uh, over the next few weeks, we'll have a clear idea of, of what what they're going to try to do at the uh, trade deadline and 
all-star break and all that, but um, you you have to think they're going to try to sign some depth for the bullpen with all those injuries, especially with Suarez being gone. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of irritating because coming into the season, uh, I thought that our bullpen was going to be absolutely just yeeted. Like, dude, like oh, we yeah. had like a setup to the setup to the setup guy. Lit- no, we did. I, lit- we did. I know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Right? We were so set. And then it was like, uh, sorry, injury, Tommy John, inflammation, broken this. And it's like where it happened. Yeah. It's gone. Anyway, um, got the first game for the Dodgers. I guess what would be today by the time we release this podcast. So, uh, yeah, there yeah we go. let's get it. Starring, <laughs> not Brian, <laughs> Adam, and Dave. Now, I'll, I'll do the Ryan part. Thanks, guys. How do you think that went? I look through the calendar.